Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show. What, you got a new soundboard? No. No? No, Eric? You can't just, like, start the show with expecting yeah. me to do the soundboard. When you, when you think I'm zigging, I'm zagging, baby. That's how we do it. Vin Some and people Baker. call me cool, Eric. Yeah, you girl. forget it. We've got uh, our homie repeated guest, Dean Akers, 69 years old. Just a fun fact. Right. Uh, selling and Leadership Ninja Show podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can find that. He's got a book, Self-Talk, Think Like a Child. Don't overthink shit, guys. AdjunctCEO.com, and you can email him, Dean at DeanAcres.com, if you want to get some wisdom. Hey, we're 2020's Best Small Medium Enterprise Business Advisory Podcast in the United States. We're 2021's Best Podcast and Streaming Entertainment Studio, Eastern United States Media Innovator Awards 2021, hosted by Corporate Vision Magazine. And we're, what's the last award we got? Uh, business Podcast of the Year. From a global live wire. Well, Mr. Worldwide, that's how we do. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five star. Write a review. It takes fucking 30 seconds. You're listening to it right now. Do it while I'm vamping. Just do it right Just now. It right we'll now. wait. Stop. Don't us. say anything. Let him finish. Okay. It's okay. It, you it, better have done it. It helps us Stop move up. Show. We want to move up those business category rankings. How silly would that be? That would be silly. You know what's not silly? Learn about the Florida. Florida. The flora and fauna of your gut. Get 70% off Viome's Gut Biome Intelligence Test and Supplements with our link for health insights, personalized food recommendations, and precision supplements formulated just for you. Look, I want to figure out what I should be eating to optimize this T-Rex body to keep it going strong. Looking like my dad. Let's get it started. Howdy daddy! What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat equity. Sweat equity. My sweat equity. That's cute. My sweat equity. What about my sweat equity? That's adorable. COVID. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll we'll get into it. We'll we'll try to keep it efficient because we had some we'll probably just come out of a cut that the audience won't even know because we're so professional. Well, yeah, it's right. the start of the show, so that's the cut. 20 minutes of low-tech issues. Um, Dean, anything to plug? Adjunct CEO. Uh, you can get his book, Self-Talk, Think Like a Child. He's got a podcast, Selling and Leadership Ninja, on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, those are great for a lot of people that need a 10-minute podcast episode refresher i would say with video with video on the podcast app ironically yep, we don't yep, have you yep, on that, video you figured yeah, that totally out we got that going um and then uh as you say in your show if you want to email dean dean at deanacres.com uh he'll uh, do it he'll write you romantic love letters back exactly <laughs> see that's how you yes and yeah Dean, I, Dean, it was just more of a yes. <laughs> well, but he, he could have been like, "What the fuck, guys? You're wasting my time." <laughs> I like that Dean will play along. Uh, uh, so we we uh, we had breakfast a couple weeks ago, and you kind of left me with a a, a cliffhanger because um, I had to run, and you were telling me a story about someone uh, was saying you were a consultant, and you said you're not a consultant. 
And, right. And I failed because you're a teaching, you're a teaching kind of professor of sorts. And when you ask questions in discussion, I think our our, our win rate is maybe one percent. Yeah, you were talking about we were messing with you, Dean. I feel like you mess with us anytime you ask a question. You know, Law and I are both. We want to say the answer first. For one, we definitely want to get it right, but that never happens. We could try to. We even know the answer sometimes and go. I don't know. Yeah, and we'll say the wrong one anyways. But that that's actually how my entrepreneurship teacher was. It actually, but it sticks with you. Um, so it is a good teaching device, but, uh, if you're not a consultant or why aren't you a consultant, I guess is my first question. I think I've told you, uh, before law that, uh, that the definition of a consultant is somebody can tell you 50 ways to make love, but never got laid. (laughs) That's great. And so everything I share with anybody I work with, especially at my age, it's it's more. It, I'm not sharing anything that I haven't haven't already been punched in the face with. So it's not a it's not a uh, MBA type thing, uh, theory type thing. Anything I can share, I can bring back a story of an actual circumstance that was painful that they can relate to. So it's not just uh, you should try because. Yeah, I, that's why I say I like to absorb any kind of wisdom out of you when we're we're getting together because, you know, that wisdom is knowledge times experience. And I like always learning from people who've been there. People who are older, you know, um, a lot of a lot of people in our generation hate on the older generation. They, they yep. don't know shit. I'm yeah. like, they know shit. They, I mean, maybe not how to get on Zoom every time. Yeah, <laughs> right. My opinion isn't very high um, right now. But, uh, you know, I remember you, I, I do remember you saying about sales managers, the reason those guys are the managers of the sales team is because they can't sell. So it's kind of adjacent to that in a way. Yeah, I've met a lot of sales managers that want to micromanage salespeople. And, you know, they're, you know, the, the, they want to have quotas and all that. And I found the best way to manage a sales force since I was a young man is to manage a sales force by income. Because when they go home and they tell their wife, he's up my ass because I didn't do a million in sales. The wife goes, well, he just doesn't understand, does he? But when they go home and go, he's up my ass because I didn't make 200 grand, the wife just slaps him upside the head. So I manage sales force through, through their income has always been one of the things that has been made my sales team successful. And I'm very transparent with the team because I make all the uh, all the uh, commissions, you know, the same. So one guy or girl doesn't get a different deal. And then we teach them how to make a lot of money. And when they make a lot of money, you know, they get to be better salespeople. So, Dean, how much of management is managing the spouses? (laughs) Well, I think I think I think. What it is is I don't know if it's management. It's 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 your your team. Your team is a twenty four seven person. In other words, they don't go into a freezer when they leave your office and frozen into cryogenics and then unfrozen at seven in the morning and come back. Not yet. So really, <laughs> huh? Not yet. We're working exactly. On that. Demolition man, salesman. Exactly. There's some, there's some crazy, uh, you know, so factory no, in China so no matter, working on it. Mm-hmm. I actually had a meeting with the CEO today, and I was telling him one of the most impactful things I ever did 
was I had a guy quit my company years ago. This was back when I was in my 30s. And I was a big freak for personal touches to the house. I'd send the wives, you know, a thank you note for everything they do. I'd keep them abreast of how their husbands and, and, and their kids, I knew everything about them. And I had this one guy quit. And my vice president in the Orlando area says, hey, Gordon quit today. And I went, oh, my God. I mean, nobody quit our company. They just didn't. And, and uh, so I, I said, well, tell him we wish him the best. He went to work for Goodyear for more money. That's what they told me. That night, my phone rang. True story. It was Gordon's wife. And she said to me, Mr. Akers, this is Gordon's wife. He came home and told the family that he quit today for more money. And I'm calling you personally on behalf of our family to say, can he stay? And I said, of course, we love him. But that isn't even the story law. But that, I mean, that vulnerability of, of that kind of, kind of interaction between the marriages is wild to me, but yeah. Oh, and listen to how crazier it got six months. And that's, that's not the story. Here's where the story lies. This is, if you said that they go, Oh, you just have people that like your company. I went up six months, eight months later, and I was in Orlando and I had a meeting the next morning. So I spent the night and I was at Gordon's location and Gordon said, you got time to come by for a beer? Cause I was staying at a, a hotel right by his house or right near there. So I said, sure. So I go by and or it's like 7.30 at night. We walk in, his wife gives me a hug and she puts me in her, you know, in the little living room in a barca lounge, you know, lounge chair, the daddy chair on the coffee table, on the coffee table. You cannot make this crap up. On the coffee table was one of my handwritten notes to their family, thanking them for all the support that they gave Gordon in a freaking frame from six, eight months before. Uh-huh. So that was a trophy. We would laugh and say, oh, that's corny as shit, Dean. We don't underestimate, we underestimate how much and how important even today appreciation and engagement is with our team members at whatever level you're at. Yeah, you're you're like a relationship um you don't want to say ninja because he already has a sales ninja. Yeah, well, I don't. Want, I didn't want to say ninja. relationship marketing because that's kind of not really why you do it necessarily, but it has uh, desired results that are similar. But it's not why you do a lot of these touches, as you call it. You know, in a marketing funnel, you you might re- hear it referred to as touch points. But it's one of those yeah. things where, um, and I, I want to ask you about your new secret weapon touch point that. You put on your podcast and told me at breakfast, but I find it interesting. But I I think what it really is, is sincere gratitude on both sides that you're, you're kind of putting out there. Well, everything I do, by the way, is very sincere, not looking for feedback, but I did what I did find as a very, very young man, your family, again, if you were put in a cryogenic state at the end of the day, and then unfrozen in the morning, uh, this probably wouldn't be true. But you have so much interaction with your family. And I'll hear today, my favorite thing, I actually had a breakfast or lunch with the CEO today, and we're talking about this. He goes, well, you know, and he's he's older, not as old as I am, but he goes, people just don't care. You know, they're not as engaged as we were. And I looked at him, Law, and 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 I looked at him and I said, you're crazy. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, they're way more. 
they're way more engaged than we were. And you'd have thought this guy thought I was crazy. And guess how I proved it to him? And when after I shared it with him, he goes, oh, my God, I've never looked at it through those lenses. And you're 110% right. You know what it was? Instagram, Facebook. Uh, farmers only. Blackpeoplemeet.com. So, yeah, sort of, but, but all kidding aside, yeah. all, kid, all kidding aside, seriously, I mean, if it helps. Mine yeah, were real was, answers. I don't love me to I was, joke. I, well, well, I didn't we, tried, take it we are the but, number one business comedy comedy business podcast. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what, what really happens to people is they want to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what happened with us, when I went home at five o'clock when I was in my 20s and even my 30s, when I got in my car, we had AM radio. FM was a couple stations, but not very many. We have that. You had AM radio. Yeah. No t- you had two and a half TV channels in Tampa, Florida. Two and a half. And that's because if the weather was right, you got channel 10 on your TV. There was no such thing as cable. Mm-hmm. And when you went home at five o'clock, guess who could get a hold of you? Uh, Nobody. Whoever called Exactly. <laughs> I got one. Boom. Nailed it. Boom. He's on the Stick board. Stick a fork in it. Stick a fucking fork in it. Yeah. Nobody. In this show. Leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> but but what happens is, is it what when you understand that, you understand that these these young folks, like even like yourselves, you guys can get we're sitting here talking on a computer <clears throat> at 740 at night, you know, just talking with videos. I mean, this is insane. Back at 740, I'd be hammered drunk or something, you know, when I was in my 20s. Not because there wasn't anything else to do. You think we're sober? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. There's more outlets, and it doesn't mean that the the touches aren't there. The, this They're different touches. Yeah. They're digital touches. Well, I, I mean. So I, when they're real. They're, they're more important. They're, they mean more. And, and this is uh, adjacent to a story you had that uh, I've heard a few times, but you've talked about, you know, I kind of believe the older generations will always hate on the younger ones, right? But uh, you don't see millennials, the word millennials, as a pejorative. You, uh, I, you have a podcast episode that's about how there's a lot of positives to this generation. Um, we're older millennials were probably the older range of that. Um, and can you elaborate on this kind of like generational hypocrisy? You know, well, first off, we have more noise than ever. You know, right. we have noise, you know, you have 24 seven news channels, news channels, plural. You have the, you know, you have podcasts. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. He's getting roasted by, by some music artists that I guarantee you when they were in their twenties were stoned out of their mind, you know, being crazy and everything else. Now they're roasting him. You know, it's just, there's so much noise nowadays before you didn't have any of this noise and the noise is still the minority. It's still the minority. And I work with so many young people and I can tell you, I haven't met a young person yet that sits back and goes, you know, I really want to figure out how to be a loser. (laughs) I mean, I really haven't. Right. And and what happens is, is when you understand how they work and think, they are so, A, they're smart. My iPhone, my iPhone has more storage 
and more computing power than the entire computer system I had running my statewide tire company in the early 80s. My phone. I mean, yeah. you guys, it's hard they for you to, to, to relate to that. They got to the moon with less processing power. Huh? They got to the moon with less processing power. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, I mean, I'm so excited about all the potentials. Uh, you know, I love the other thing I do, and this is really, I can get some people torn up about this. I think I told you that my two young kids dropped out of college. Did I share that with you guys? I don't think so. They dropped out of college. And I was like, what? You can't drop out of college. You got to go to college. And it was all paid for, by the way. So it wasn't like they had loans and shit. Plus, I paid their expenses. So it wasn't like they had to work a job or anything. And one day I was down in Boca and they, I was having dinner with them. They said, Dad, we're quitting school. And I go, why? You can't quit. And they cited their three older brothers. And they go, none of them use their college. You know, they're all doing something that has nothing to do with their college. And then they laid the most profound thing on me. It was like hitting me in the face with a brick, and they were spot on. They looked at me and go, Dad, we can learn anything we want on YouTube. Yeah, you know, I am 110% with them. We, we learned a lot of our professional yeah. skills just by slugging right. it out. It won't be long before college is seen as a scam. Where it's like, what do you mean? You, look at these kids that go to college and have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. Right. Yeah. And no, and no real marketable skill when they yeah. get out of there. And the skills that, that job providers want to see are done for free online as an assessment on LinkedIn. Like, that's what they want to see. They want right. to see that you can actually do a job that they have, you know, not that you got, that you finished college, that you went, showed up to all the classes. And Underwater TIG welder makes 130 an hour. Yeah. Now, here's another thing. The other thing about, about getting work, I'll have people, they go, well, you know, I can't get a job. They're, you know, they're not calling me back. And I go, well, you're sending resumes through Indeed and all these different places. Everybody, this is a big, bold statement. Anybody I've helped, when they told me where they wanted to go to work, first I get them a box of business cards. You know how many people do not have a box of business cards? Most. Yeah. I get them a box of business cards. It costs 10 bucks on Got Print or this, this, any of those places. I get that. That counts. I got a question. That was not the actual Mm -hmm. answer, though. Yes, yes, yes. I got it right. He said yes. So I get them a business card and I go, You go to the office and you ask to meet the freaking CEO. And when the person at the desk goes, May I tell them why you're here? And they say, This is the company I'm working for and I want to introduce myself. If they say, go to HR, forget it. Don't even talk to him. You want to talk to the head guy. He probably isn't going to talk to you. I had one of my guys go to Raymond James, and he couldn't get he, – he wanted to meet Tom James. And the secretary came down. They go, well, Mr. James, blah, blah, blah. And he says, this is the company I want to go to work for. He wrote Tom James' secretary a note back, wrote Mr. James a note back, saying, "This I'm so excited to meet these two people by name, and I'm so excited to work for the company. One week later, he got a call from the CIO of the company that hired him, not interviewed him, hired him six-figure job. Gumption and putting yourself out there and uh, separating yourself. Manifest destiny. Well, yeah, it, it is all those things, right? It's, you know, 
you, you've kind of been a good uh, teacher for us about reminding us of some of these things that were old school for a reason and, and people used to do them for a reason. And now we should go back to them because it differentiates yourself. Can you, I, can I make another comment? It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Guys, my age, you'll say old school or you'll say old school. When I was in my twenties, nobody did it then. Oh, really? Because ah. in, yeah. in my head, I imagine a Mad Men era of just people, you know, just like... Honey, I got tons of thank you cards to write. I, I can't talk right now. I walked around and tried to get a job all day. Right. No, what they did in my era, what they would do is they'd go to an office and the secretary would hand you an application and you'd fill it out sitting in the lobby. There was a company I was CEO of. This is a perfect example. We had a hiring freeze a hiring freeze in a recession, a hiring freeze. People would come in and get an app or whatever. The year we had a hiring freeze, we hired 150 people with a hiring freeze. So if you had come to our front desk and said, y'all hiring, guess what our receptionist would have said? Yes. (laughs) We just hired 150 people. No, no. She would say, we have a hiring freeze. You're welcome to fill an application out, but we don't need anybody now. We're in a hiring freeze. The flip side of it is we'd have, we, we would sit there, we'd meet some sharp person at a trade show or something. And we go, you want to, you want to have some fun and go to work for a great company? And they go, yeah. I said, we're hiring you now. We had a hiring freeze, but we hired 150 people the year we had a hiring freeze. And then we would have friends call up and they go, or that one of our associates would say, we have a real stud that you guys need to interview. Because And they didn't tell HR. They'd say, Dean, this guy's or, or this girl's really sharp. So I'd go have lunch with them. And guess what? They were really sharp. You know how many times I hired them? Every time. It, it, is it because the opportunity of, of real uh, talent or driven people is too good to pass up? It's probably that. It's maybe D. It would be all the things above. When you hyper grow a company, you grow it through people. And people don't, a lot of CEOs, these little mom and pop or CEOs think it's competitive and all that other nonsense. They're their biggest problem. And that, you know, if you've listened to my podcast, I ran on this all the time. Yeah, I was, Wait, I, I've got a question about that. What's Wait. competitive, Dean? What part of it uh, is competitive that you're talking about? Well, everybody thinks their business is competitive, you know, like the competition. And big, oh, just big versus just, small. Okay, I got you. I didn't the know frames. you meant yes. the hiring of trying to find good people. Every, all, all the above. Can you tell- so the biggest the biggest problem for small entrepreneurs is themselves. Right. Yeah, I agree with and that. And they're not reassessing, right? If you can regale us with the hardware store owner friend of yours. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good That's a case. classic. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a hardware store one day and he was this guy. I knew him because he was right where we lived and he was bitching about Home Depot and Lowe's that was just getting ready to open in South Tampa. And he goes, those guys are so cheap. They're going to put us out of business and everything. And I said, no, they're not. You're going to put yourself out of business. He goes, no, they have price treat cheap. So I went and I took 10 SKUs. We walked around the hardware store. I said, give me that screwdriver. It was like a Stanley. So it was a name brand. And I took the prices and then I went to Lowe's and Home Depot. Every item, he was substantially cheaper than those two. 
So who was putting who out of business? He was putting himself out of business. Yeah, he didn't. That's why you wrote a book called Self Talk. Ooh, get it on oh, yeah. Amazon. Get, around. get rid of that radio noise. Nice, smooth plug. No, but, you like that? No, but I appreciate the plug, but that's exactly <laughs> it. These, these on, I had another entrepreneur the other night. This got me all torqued up for a podcast. She was in a meeting. We were all standing up, or they were people were standing up. I was more as an observer. And she stands up, and she's bragging about her company. And then she says, we're 30% cheaper than our competitors, so we can really drive value to our customers. The minute she said that, the hair on the back of my neck went straight up. Then they asked her her biggest challenge. And now I could have almost tackled her and beat her up over this. <laughs> she goes, she goes, our biggest challenge, though, is all these big companies, they're paying people more and they, we can't get employees because they pay them more. And I wanted to say, just shut up. If you're 30% cheaper and now you're bitching that you can't be competitive, if I took 100% of your sales and added 30% to them, how much more could you have paid in payroll and have the same net shitty net you have now? You could hire freaking rock stars. Yeah, make it 15%. Yeah. Well, no, be... Apply the so, strategy. Apply the same, like, uh, vim and vigor to what you do to stay competitive on pricing towards finding human capital. Well, you know my Louis Vuitton story. No, but we know you're a fancy dandy. No, what happened with Louis Vuitton? I, no, I right went into a company. Oh, all, all kidding aside, law. I, yeah, I went yeah. into a company, and they were. Everybody was talking about price. Everybody was talking about how competitive it was. So I finally said, "I'm going to make you guys a deal. I'm going to let you decide whether it's competitive." So I had these women, and I asked them, "Have you ever heard?" I went around the, the table, and I had them describe the purses they owned at that meeting that day. And so one had a coach, another one had something like that. And the third lady out, this is, there's five of them there. She had a brown Louis Vuitton. Are y'all familiar with brown Louis Vuittons, what the cost is? Uh, a yes. lot. Is that like black people Twitter? They're like $2,700. Yeah. Then the other girl, you can't make this shit up. The girl sitting next to her, this was totally random that day because the girls were always bitching about price of our competition. The girl sitting next to her had a white Louis Vuitton. And at the time, that was $4,200. So they're bitching. And I said, okay, here's you girls are going to make a decision for our company, not me, because I trust you. I had an insert from the paper. This is back when there still was a paper. And the insert was from Walmart. And in the insert, they had a full leather purse, $39.95. So the purses, I looked at all the girls. I said, so purse is a utility item. You guys told me that. So here's my question. Do you think that the CEO and all the salespeople at Louis Vuitton are freaking out now that the largest retailer on the planet, which was Walmart at the time at $500 billion in sales, is coming right after them with a $39.95 purse, which, by the way, will say, carry the same cell phone, same wallet, everything that you're freaking Louis Vuitton. Do you think the Louis Vuitton people are freaking out? Fuck no. Exactly. Guess what happened? So I went around the table. I looked at every woman and I said, who the fuck do you want to be? <laughs> or Louis Vuitton? 
You what year was this? this? Yeah. This is a true story. You need what year catch, was it? You need to catch me if you can biopic about your life of all these stories. Tom Hanks plays yeah. an HR rep trying Just, to catch yeah. onto the next job. I'll get him at that one. Sir, sir, sir. Yeah. But here's what happened. They all, I went to each one, made them look at me, said, do you want to be Walmart or Louis Vuitton? First girl says Louis Vuitton. Second girl says Louis Vuitton. Obviously, the next two said Louis Vuitton. They had Louis Vuitton purses. And then the first girl said Louis Vuitton. I said, then I leaned up on the table. I didn't say, do you want to fucking be Louis Vuitton? I said, do you want to be, which one do you want to be? I let them choose. I leaned up on our conference table and leaned forward. And I said, then start fucking acting like it. Here's what happened. Our closing ratio from that day forward doubled, doubled. And our average sale price doubled. And, oh, by the way, that became the culture of our company. And we had a nine-figure exit. And, and you just improv this kind of motivational, almost pivot to get them going, you know, uh, as you're teaching them kind of what, what's going on there. Well, no, what I let them do, it was maybe, yeah, it was sort of improv, but, but I wanted them to make a choice. If they wanted to be Walmart, then let's fucking act like them, okay? But if, right. if you want to be Louis Vuitton, the Louis Vuitton people, if somebody walked in and go, if somebody walked into Louis Vuitton and goes, you know, Walmart's got a $39 purse, they'll tell them to get the fuck out <laughs> and go buy it, right? Y'all price match. I didn't know they let the valet yeah, in here. Exactly. Yeah. Team price match. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, I I, I want to touch on one uh, one thing, and then we'll do a closing question. We'll close it out. Uh, I got to return to the beginning. Your new secret weapon touch point. You mentioned this on the first uh, episode of your podcast this year. You talked to me about it at breakfast. Um, you already do a snail mail, handwritten. Uh, happy birthday card. So if you look at Dean's iCal, there's like 10 different birthdays every day. Right. And he, he habitually writes it, post, postmarks it on that day, sends it out. And then you're already a thank you card writer after, you know, a, an event of some sort. You were showing me the new one you were doing with uh, photos. Can you talk oh, about yes. that? Yeah. So on Facebook, people will f- show photos. And I wish we had video right now because I have some just that are completed. And any rate, I um, I wish I had my video working. But here's I take I make a four by six photograph. I just take the uh, uh, Facebook picture of them at their wedding or their kid. Like I just sent one today. I sent one to one of my folks that that their kids just wants a big event in Nashville. Their two daughters won this huge national event. It was on Facebook. So I made a four by six picture, put in a five by seven frame matted, wrote on the mat, boy, you must be proud, Dean. And they, it went in the mail today to them. They're going to get that frame picture. It'll stay with them forever. What prompted me to bring it back is I did that back when I was a young man and I was in a CEO's office who was not a CEO when I met him and did this. Every picture I had ever sent him was on the freaking wall of his of his office in downtown St. Pete today. Yeah, it it shows you took a Effort, minute. Yeah, for sure. 
um, and really thought about them for at least five minutes to knock that out. Uh, let me ask you this. Has anybody sent you one back? No. And that's, that's kind of the interesting, that's kind of the, the, uh, philosophy of it. You're not, you're not expecting to get that in return. It's not a quid pro quo kind of thing. No, I'm not even expecting a thank you. Right. I'm not expecting anything. Right. But you, you do get an overwhelming amount of people that will hit you up after they get it and go, this is one of the nicest things anybody's like sent me. Right. That and then like I have a particular client right now that has spent almost 300 grand with me recently and which is a decent amount of money. And this client came from a touch. I sent her friend and her friend, I'd sent it a week before. And all of a sudden this person randomly calls me out of the blue a year and a half, two years, a little over two years ago. And she goes, so-and-so said you were the person I should talk to. Now, I had not seen that other person for years. There's no way that there's a coincidence that the thing I sent that was special like that wasn't like a conversation while they were having lunch or breakfast. You know, in other words, she didn't say, who should I call? And that prompted it. And then I have an audio, which I, I, you know, I could play, but I have an audio of a guy where I sent something to him and he calls me up because, well, that, that was so cool. And here's what he said. Makes me laugh. He goes, you know, I was thinking about you the other day. What are the chances that some bitch was thinking about me? Not very high. I think about zero. you every day. Well, zero. <laughs> you know, zero. And so all of a sudden this guy calls me and he says, he goes, and in his voicemail, he goes, I really need some help. Now, so when I go to meet that guy, you think that's a price sale? Do you think that's, oh, can you bid this? No, that's a freaking stick of fork in it. It's done. You know, that, that one's going to the house and all of it was on, I got ideal image on a, on a note because I sent a guy a note and he said, can we have lunch? He bought me lunch. So the note was worth 20 bucks worth of lunch. And he said, can you help these two chiropractors? Cause I was retired and I went and they, we started talking next thing I know that was a seven figure note for me. Yeah. Th- I mean, actually putting effort, not just, getting the robot hand to sign a thank you card for you and send it out as a handwritten note. Really yeah, no, the whole it. thing has to be handwritten. Right. Yeah. Really doing Typing it. it up and then signing it. You know, yeah, uh, I, it, 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 we, that matters. Yeah, people send Christmas cards out that are already pre-printed and pre-addressed. Mm. Why don't they just throw them in the trash? <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. We, yeah. we, we prefer being a Jewish household. Uh, the, um, yeah, exactly. What, all right. We, we try to, you know, when we, you came on the first time, we asked our, our standard first time, our, our virgin guest question of what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? I want to have more stock closer questions for repeated guests like yourself. Outside of your parents, who was or is the most influential person in your life? I would say um, there were there were a couple. Dennis Fontaine, uh, he was a man in my tech group, which is what's Vistage today. Larry Morgan, uh, when he bought our tire company, I learned tons from him. But I'd say Dennis Fontaine and Michael Cass. He's an attorney here in the Tampa Bay area, but he is he. If you'll go have breakfast with Michael Cass and just 
filter out everything he tells you. He's a genius on growing businesses and taught me all that stuff. Interesting. I'm, I might uh, actually do that and just be weird. I'm curious to take you out to lunch. Um, Have him on the podcast, maybe. That too. Weirdo. Um, well, Dean, Have an avenue. check your mail uh, at your office in the next couple of days because you got some frames coming, bud. <laughs> well, you know, I love mail. both. I love both I, of you guys. I put them in the mail. Oh, they're in the mail. Okay, they're in the yeah, mail. Yeah, they're coming your love way. Love you too, Dean. Because I, I knew no one has sent you one before, and you've probably sent 100 out. But I, but I, I think you guys, you know, both of you guys are entrepreneurial. Uh, you know, it's fun doing podcasts. Like you say, I've got my podcast, The Sales and Leadership Ninja, and I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads. And, uh, you know, it's been heard all over the world, and I get emails every week. And, you know, I've got sales companies that actually use that podcast for their sales meetings. So I'm yeah, really... No, nothing beats the, the discipline oh, and fundamentals you put out there. You know, and you hammer it home because you've been there. There's so many managers who want that sort of organic kind of just we talking a, point sort of thing. That we to need get six inspiration, here. We yeah, need the, for the you know, day, something yeah. to get you going. Just a little tidbit. Can, it's perfect. Can I share one more thing? Yeah, of course. One of the things that that has gotten to be a total mission for me now, I've gotten so crazy about it, is teaching people how to monetize their passion because we're all told to go get a job and I've got all these young people when they come clean with their passion, which is hard to get them to come clean because they'll sit there and go, well, you know, I like working. I go, bullshit. What's your passion? And when they finally come clean and it could be anything from I'm working with some people that love music, but, but they're working in a bank. Are you freaking kidding me? I've got, I've got one guy that his passion with skateboarding. I think I've shared that with you, Law. Mm-hmm. His passion was skateboarding. And I got him to monetize skateboarding in a big way. And, and you know, there's so many opportunities today to monetize that were not available when I was your age because you just went and got a J-O-B. The fact that we can have a show, you can do a show and put it out across the world on all these different platforms and get if you get some what you know legs with it, suddenly you're rocking. <laughs> it's a mitzvah. You're right, and it, it it we should be. Yeah, don't look at me like that because uh, I'm throwing some Yiddish out there. It's uh, it it's we don't should even be know great. What that means I, we should be grateful for the thing these things that we have, like you're talking about, and and utilize it. You know, you're only on this blue marble so long, um, so use all the time you got. Well, you know, here's the thing that's really cool. And I don't want this to be taken as a derogatory statement. It just happens to be a fact. Mm -hmm. In the business world and in the world of success, we're by and large, you're running with slow people. So uh, you know that old story about the two people sitting in the jungle and out jumps a huge Bengal tiger. And the one guy reaches over and starts lacing his tennis shoes up and he goes, Hell, you can't outrun a Bengal tiger. He looks at me and goes, don't have to. Just have to outrun you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. That. Uh, that's a good way to close this out. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, breakfast soon. Yeah, and sorry about the technical. We'll, we'll figure this out and maybe do one again sometime. Absolutely. All good. For sure. Talk to you soon. See you around, brother. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye-bye.